This episode is brought to you by Harvest. Harvest is a simple and intuitive time tracking tool that helps you and your team hold yourself accountable to your biggest priorities. Harvest makes it easy for teams to see how they're spending their time so that they can keep their projects on track, get paid faster, and use every hour in the day more effectively. To make the most of your time, visit getharvest.com slash hurry slowly to start a free trial today and get 50% off your first month. That's getharvest.com slash hurry slowly for 50% off. I'm Jocelyn K. Gly, and this is Hurry Slowly, a podcast about pacing yourself, where I explore how you can find more calm, comfort, and clarity through the simple act of slowing down. If you're a dedicated listener, you'll perhaps have already noted that I just changed the way I describe the show, most notably removing the word productivity from the tagline at the top. And this season actually opens with a bit of a confession about how I'm changing, about how the show is changing, and why. I've always been a strong believer in pulling back the curtain to show the inner workings of how stuff gets made, because personally, I always find it deeply comforting to know that the people who are making cool stuff that I dig are screwing things up, are wrestling with demons, and doubting themselves. So today, I'm starting this new season with a bit of a backstory on how I got here in the hopes that sharing my weird, imperfect, idiosyncratic journey will be of some help to you on yours. Now, if you read my newsletter, you will know that as of the end of last season, the future of this podcast was unclear. I knew I didn't want to continue talking about the same topics in the same way, but I wasn't sure what the way forward was. Numerous conversations last season, including those with Debbie Millman, Rob Walker, and Jenny O'Dell, touched on the relatively new phenomenon of the personal brand. This idea that we have to create a stable persona that stands for certain things in this world fueled by personal websites and freelancers looking to stand out and social media personas looking to build a following. And once that persona is created, our primary job is to feed and maintain it. And much of the talk in these conversations I just mentioned was about how constraining, even deadening, this phenomenon is. This idea that we somehow have to maintain our personal brand. So it seemed ironic that by the end of season two of Hurry Slowly, I was finding myself in the position of having created a personal brand that now felt constraining. I didn't want to continue doing the same things for another season, And it felt sad to abandon something that I'd worked so hard to create, but I also wasn't sure if the podcast could morph and change and expand to encompass something new. I wasn't even sure what that something new would be. But after about four or five months of reflection, I've decided that there is more room for expansion. But before I tell you about that, I have to rewind and give you some context. This podcast originally arose from and has since carried me through a very transformative period in my life, one that is still unfolding as we speak. If you're a regular listener, you may recall me talking about a rather dramatic accident I had in July of 2017, just as I was pulling the first episodes of this podcast together. 
I was attending a music show at my friend's gallery space, and after taking a small hit off of a vaporizer that, yes, contained marijuana, I felt suddenly lightheaded, and I passed out. Unfortunately, I chose a very bad location to pass out, and I ended up splitting open my chin and rearranging quite a few of my teeth. I look perfectly fine now, but it took many stitches, a lot of visits to an oral surgeon, and three root canals to get everything fixed up. This was the beginning of my midlife crisis. Now, I'm sure you've heard the term midlife crisis before, but what you may or may not know is that it refers to a very specific astrological moment, which happens for about two to three years to everyone in their early 40s. Side note, I'm really into astrology. Part of my season three brief is to stop hiding these aspects of myself, but more on that in a moment. So anyway, because I'm into astrology, I knew that my midlife crisis was on the horizon, and I was actually looking forward to it. There were a lot of things I felt I wanted to change in my life, and this once-in-a-lifetime, two- to three-year window seemed like the time to do it. We usually think of the word crisis as being negative, and it certainly can be, but it's usually also the prelude to arriving at a major turning point. And unfortunately, you don't get to that turning point without the crisis. So here I was, excited for my midlife crisis, and picturing it as this sort of portal to dramatic transformation that I would get to step into for two or three years. And I knew that it was supposed to begin in July of 2017. And then one week into July, I had this dramatic accident where I fell on my face. Since then, the running joke with my brother has become that I tripped on my way into the portal. So now I've been walking through this portal for a little over two years and making some fairly major changes in my life. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've heard some of my reflections along the way. And I should add here that I've really appreciated your support. When I wrote about the future of this podcast being uncertain, many of you took it upon yourselves to write me very kind and thoughtful notes of support. So thank you. It's such a comfort to know that someone is listening out there. But anyway... The funny thing about change and actively pursuing it, which I'm sure you know already, is that it never unfolds quite like you think it will. You get on the roller coaster ride, by which I mean you quit your job or you go through a breakup or maybe you just go on an extended meditation retreat and you think you know how things are going to turn out. But at some point, the roller coaster zooms around a bend and goes into a dark tunnel and all of a sudden, things start to turn out a little different than you expected. Not necessarily in a bad way, just different. I've always been an incredibly achievement-oriented person, so it might not be surprising to learn that I thought that my roller coaster ride through this little portal of transformation would result in me being able to accomplish something, something I had felt I'd been putting off for a good 20 years now. When I was in college, I did an MFA screenwriting program, and ever since, I've had a vision of an alternate universe where I'm writing scripts and making movies. And I've written some scripts since then, and I've made an untold amount of notes for ideas on possible scripts. When I originally wrote the first draft of this episode, I was sitting at my desk with a huge stack of moleskin journals behind me, which contained these notes. They stretch all the way back to college. I also have a close friend who directs films, and we've literally been trying to make something together for almost 10 years. And a few months ago, I thought that moment had finally arrived. I had finished creating and launching my new online course, Reset. 
I was taking a summer break from this podcast, and I had planned a 19-day retreat for myself where I wouldn't be on email, the internet, or anything else. Nothing was standing in my way. I felt I could finally do this thing I'd been telling myself I wanted to do for 20 years. I could see the outcome on the horizon. And then my roller coaster took a sharp turn into that dark tunnel that I mentioned earlier. Ultimately, we go on journeys and make these big, bold life changes, I think, because we want to find some kind of clarity, maybe even a sense of wholeness. I think I started this podcast in some sense to find clarity around what makes a good life in this technology-addled, speed-obsessed world that we live in. I quit drinking on my 42nd birthday to find clarity. And I went on this 19-day retreat by myself to find clarity. But the interesting thing about clarity, at least initially, is that it's really uncomfortable. When you set aside all the distractions and entertainments we have so close at hand, whether that's an addiction like drinking or drugs, a penchant for checking your Instagram feed or your email every five minutes, or just binging on Netflix every night, when you set those distractions aside and you start to see what's really going on, it's not necessarily pleasant. For me, that dark tunnel ended up being a kind of lengthy karma review, followed by an extremely uncomfortable series of confrontations with what Carl Jung calls the shadow self. It was sort of like one of those carnival rides where you go through a haunted house and every few minutes the ride jerks to a stop and something scary pops out, except it's something scary from your past. I thought that finding clarity was about the future, but it turns out it was about doing a deep, excavation of my past so that I could let go of some things I didn't need to be carrying around anymore. Guilt, neuroses, and even creative ambitions. So I ended up spending a lot of 2019 on that creaky roller coaster slowly wheeling through the past, being confronted with these sort of painful karmic vignettes. I'd be sailing through life and all of a sudden the ride would screech to a stop and out would pop this realization of how cruel I'd been in a past relationship how many false promises I'd made, how I'd broken someone's heart. And I would sit and stew in that for a while, reflecting on how I could be in relationships in a more conscious way in the future, and what I even wanted out of a relationship in the first place, and what does it mean to be a loving person. And then, after a certain amount of somewhat agonizing processing, the ride would move on, and I'd go back to my life until it jerked to a stop again with some horrible new vignette. This time about all of the occasions when I had been a bully or done something deliberately to make someone uncomfortable. Or the next time as I had to confront some serious health problems related to my throat and my voice. No big deal. Just a core part of my work identity as, of course, that's how you and I are communicating right now. Then I decided to move to the woods upstate and that opened up a whole other can of worms. Anyway, You get the gist. All of these unconscious fears and neuroses just kept bubbling up to the surface for examination. Stuff that I wasn't conscious of in the past. So they just played out as actions that I took but didn't fully understand. As Jung says of the shadow, that which we do not bring to consciousness appears in our lives as fate. I'm finding that this new clarity and consciousness that I was seeking turned out to be a lot more uncomfortable than I had imagined, at least initially. Sort of like when your foot falls asleep and you try to wake it up. 
Eventually, you have a full range of motion again, but that initial awakening involves a kind of strange, tingly pain. But once I emerged from that dark tunnel of karmic review, something interesting happened. You'll remember as I headed out on my 19-day retreat, I thought I was going to write a screenplay. I thought I was going to do this thing that I had been wanting to do for 20 years. Well, surprise, I did not do it. Because I realized that this desire to do this other thing, to write this screenplay, had been making me feel bad about myself for 20 years. That I was using this creative ambition for the future as a tool to make me feel dissatisfied with whatever I was actually doing. Forget about this book I wrote or that course I made or this podcast I had created. I would only feel fully realized when I finally did this other thing over there in the future when I wrote that screenplay. And the minute that I realized that, that I had been using this creative ambition to write this screenplay as some kind of horrible cattle prod that constantly made me feel guilty, I was able to let it go. Because I didn't want to continue to actively create a situation where whatever I was doing right now would always feel less than. What's more, I realized that that script I had been making notes on for years and years wasn't even in line with my values anymore because so much had changed. While the plot construct was really clever in a way, the ultimate goal was to pull the rug out from underneath the viewer in the end in a way that would create a feeling of hopelessness and mistrust. In other words, it was very anti-healing. And I don't really want to spend years and years laboring to create a piece of art that makes people feel bad. We've got enough things on hand to give us anxiety. Now, the way I'm describing this might make it sound easy, like it was no big deal to give up this creative ambition I had for 20 years. But that's certainly not the case. It was incredibly difficult. And I played all those mental bargaining games that I'm sure you're familiar with, where you're like, if I stop wanting this thing, or if I really let go of this thing, then... Once I do that, that means I get to have it, right? Letting go isn't easy. As Christine Downing writes in her wonderful book, The Goddess, the truth that will give us back a lost part of ourselves is also the one that takes away a self to which we have been deeply attached. Now, there might also be another group of you listening who just thinks this sounds a little bit sad. This idea of letting go of a big, long-standing artistic ambition. But let me tell you, it was such a huge relief. More like taking off a hair shirt than letting a dream die. Because the thing is, I realized how much I had changed over the 20 years during which I was continuing to cling to this old ambition. And that in the interim, I had developed skills and talents and interests that I had never anticipated. And as a result, my work in this world and the way that I could best serve was also different than I had anticipated. Not in a way that was sad or disappointing, but in a way that was exhilarating. If there's one core question of this podcast, it is probably, what is enough? And I don't just mean in terms of productivity. I mean it in every sense. What is enough personally and creatively? and spiritually. Because when we recognize what is enough and let go of the rest, 
let go of all of those ambitions for more, then and only then can we expand. For the first time in my life, I've decided to let the thing I'm working on right now be enough. And unexpectedly, that's what's going to allow the purview of this show and my personal brand, such as it is, to expand for season three. I've decided, as one of my mentors likes to say, to finally come out of the spiritual closet, by which I mean some of my more out-there interests, like energy healing and psychedelics and astrology, which have previously been tucked away backstage, will be coming into play this season. As I said earlier, this show has always been about something bigger than just productivity. For me, it's about making sense of how to navigate work and life and relationships in a meaningful way amidst the backdrop of a world that's filled with uncertainty and that's obsessed with efficiency and speed and where technology is constantly changing the game in terms of what's expected of us. It's a lot to deal with. So this season, I'll be diving into a series of themes that feel particularly urgent to me as we go hurtling into this unknown future. Themes like self-image, transformation, intuition, boundaries, and ethics. How we think about ourselves, how we make positive change, how we tap into our creative wisdom, how we protect our time and energy, and what values might we use to guide us in this process. I'll be continuing with the same rhythm as last season, with a new episode releasing every other week and doing a mix of short episodes like this one with longer interviews. But the whole thing will get a little bit looser, freer, and more expansive. I'm hoping for conversations that are more intimate and improvisational and authentic. But we'll see how it all unfolds. In the coming months, I'll also have some exciting announcements about some new projects I'll be putting out into the world. I'm hard at work scheming on a big new event to invite you to in 2020, and I'm also building out a new business around my Reiki practice called The Light Heart Project, which will be operating out of New York City. So more soon on those items. In the meantime, a heads up that I'll be opening registration for my online course Reset starting again in mid-December with the four-week program kicking off in early January, just in time to help you make good on all those New Year's resolutions. If you're not already familiar with Reset, it's a unique online course that will teach you how to work in a way that's intentional, energizing, and inspiring. To learn more or be notified when registration opens, you can sign up for the newsletter at reset-course.com. That's reset-course.com. I'll be back again in two weeks with the first interview of season three with a person who is very near and dear to my heart. Until then, thanks for listening, and remember to hurry slowly.